This is the Horse Radio Network. So hi, everybody. Glenda Geek here. Before we get this roundtable started, I realized when we recorded it live on Facebook that I made a rookie mistake. And when I introduced the guests, I just said their first names uh, because... It was up on the screen, but I forgot about you guys listening on audio. So I just wanted to mention the full names of our guests. So we have Elizabeth K. McCall. She will be the first one I introduce on the show. Also, Scott Knutson is the cowboy that you'll hear on the show today. And our auditor is Madison Harkin. This is episode 527 of the Stable Scoop Show on the Horse Radio Network. It's the Horse Radio Network's equestrian roundtable show in coordination with American Horse Publications. Our sponsor of this episode is Green Flower Botanicals. I am Glenda Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning, the longest-running daily podcast horse podcast in the world. Actually, we think now we're the second longest-running daily podcast in the world. And welcome to the Equestrian Roundtable. We are excited to do this in partnership with American Horse Publications. AHP is an association of equine journalists, and HRN has been a proud member for many years. Each roundtable from now on will have two members of AHP and one of our terrific listeners. We are excited to also be broadcast on the AHP Facebook page as well. I will be your host and moderator, and I'm sure I'll have some opinions. I do occasionally, for any of you that listen to the morning show, know that. Uh, But mostly, we're going to let the panelists lead the way tonight. If you're watching live, welcome. Uh, And this is the first show that we're combining video and audio on the Horse Radio Network. So if you miss any of this, or uh, if you're catching it in pieces on the video version, go to Stable Scoop podcast feed on your podcast player tomorrow, and you will find uh, the complete episode there. We have some topics tonight that are very interesting. The panelists pick the topics, and I just go with them. I think it's I think it's much better if we have a variety show and let the panelists talk about what they're passionate about. And one of the topics tonight is about euthanasia. So, do we? Are, uh, it's hard to do. It's a serious topic. Do we wait too long? We've had that discussion. I know on horses in the morning before, and we're going to d- get into more detail with that. And then the fun topic to end the show is how can we use the holidays, to take horses to the public? How can we get more exposure for horses in a good way instead of the bad ways that come out on media? How can we use the holidays to do that? And uh, my wife used to do that every year, too. I have a story about that as well. So let's meet our panelists tonight. Uh, but first, oh, quick, couple quick announcements. First, I wanted to mention that we do have our holiday swag is still available at hrnstore.com. If you're watching the video, that is our 2021 holiday design. That is my pony, Hackney Pony Scooter. Uh, Each year, we're coming out with new designs. You can get shirts and T-shirts and mugs and and Christmas cards, all kinds of stuff with that design on it. And and I got an ornament. We're going to do an ornament every year, so that's kind of fun. So go to hrnstore.com. We also have HRN swag. All our merchandise is for sale, hats, T-shirts, mugs, bags, all kinds of stuff with our logos on it, the HRN logo, and also the Horses in the Morning logo. So you can check that out there. One other quick announcement is that our concert that we were going to do, the holiday concert with Templeton Thompson. We were going to do it last Monday night, but she had a death in the family. So we've had to postpone it till December 13th at 7.30. We're giving away $4,000 in prizes that night, but you have to tune in to sign up. Anybody that's tuned in can sign up for free to win, but you have to tune in. We're also giving away at the end of the night your choice of any Wintech saddle. That's up to a $1,500 value. Uh, Where else can you watch a concert and win prizes? So join us on December the 13th at 7.30 p.m. 
Eastern Time. Now let's get to our panelists. First up is somebody that I've known, I don't know, I think forever. And she is a member of AHP. She's a media consultant, an author, and award-winning journalist specializing in the horse industry, travel, and entertainment. She's based in California, and she has an Egyptian Arabian. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Glenn. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, tell us, uh, you, you live out there in California. Have you always been there? Grew up in Ohio. And oh, really? Moved, yeah, I did. I've actually lived in California longer than Ohio, though. Got here via United Airlines, which was my first career in the travel oh, wow. industry. Oh, well, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yes, I was a flight attendant in another life. <laughs> <laughs> is that when the flight attendant thing was a little different than it is now? It was still fun then, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, was yeah. Just gonna, that, I didn't want to say that, but that's what I was in. That was <laughs> yeah. where I was going with Very that. Very different experience there. Yeah, then, yeah. And I got came here via Hawaii. So, oh, wow. interesting travels, yes. So tell us, have you always had Arabians? I have not always. Uh, any kind of horse was something that really appealed to me when I was young. And it was something that uh, Arabians seemed to have crossed my paths multiple times. Uh, you know, I worked with the show Cavalia for quite a while. And it was something where I thought when I left there, I thought I was a convert over to the uh, Iberian horses. Darn if, <laughs> darn if the Arabians didn't come back. And I had the one that was a talking horse that actually will fit into the euthanasia topic. Uh, but I have another one now, a two and a half year old. And longtime listeners of the shows will know they've heard you on our shows in the past, too. So, uh, so welcome back. Thank you. Uh, um, and uh, we're going to go to our next guest, somebody that's also been on our shows, but he kind of has one of his own, too. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy to have him on tonight. And before we do, this is a first. We have a listener flying over Oklahoma on a plane flying to Texas watching us. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome. That's a first. So we have coming up now another HP member. Scott is with, is an AQHA professional horseman and ambassador. He's host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show on NBC affiliate KCAA Radio in California. It's also a podcast found on any podcast player. A fellow podcaster. Hi, Scott. Hey there, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey, Scott. It's always fun to have you on. I love having other podcasters on because you don't have to worry about them talking. They're really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just roll, man. And now you yeah. get all the introductions so I can just relax and have a good time. No, I'm done now. It's your turn. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, you, you're a little bit of everything. Tell us, what is your, what is your focus right now? Man, I love the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. That's our focus, you know, that and horses. We That's what we do. We love the horses. We love training. We still ride a lot, um, but we love the podcast. You know, we love meeting people and, and learning new things all, every day. And you're you're a fifth generation cowboy. I am. I sure am. Yeah, we're from Texas and, and uh, still here. Do you have one of the original hats like great grandpa wore? What, what I do. Original? It's in the. Yes, I sure do. Yes. Absolutely. I always wondered if they kept those. Great question. Yeah, <laughs> actually, the box it came in, so it's really cool. Oh, wow, that's neat. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of special. It is. Yeah. So now uh, you you do the show, and for those that listen to our show for a long time, know Scott's been on in the past because he has the amazing lightning strike story, and yes, you're going to have yes. to go to our website and search for Scott, and you're going to find the—you go to the episode that uh, he, where he told that story, and uh, I think we kept him on a little long that day because <laughs> it's just I was so fascinated by that. So. Oh, that was a fun time. I'm glad to hear you're here. <laughs> so. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. 
So representing our listeners tonight is one of our terrific auditors. There are super fans. They actually pay a little bit to be in our auditor room. We have about 500 of them now. And uh, her name is Madison. Hi, Madison. Hi. Now, Madison had a little trouble connecting. Are you done panicking now? You're good? You're relaxed? I mean, I was crying earlier, but I put on game face, so we're good. <laughs> Madison, how long have you been an auditor? I actually started listening a year ago, but I have caught way up. I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts. So, And what shows of Horse Radio Networks do you listen to? I started with the podcast, and I listened to Horses in the Morning, and... I listen to um, Straight from the Horse Doctor's Mouth, but I don't think that that is on the Horse That's a good show, though. That's a good show, though. And I listen to The Humble Hoof. (laughs) Yeah, good, good. Well, good for you. Well, thank you for listening. Now, tell us, do you have a horse? I do. I have a paint horse, and then I have a mini horse. Uh, What's the mini's name? Sweet Pea. (laughs) Of course it is. Are half the minis in this world named Sweet Pea? (laughs) She was already named that when I got her, so I don't usually change names. Now, we've joked in the past about uh, demon minis and nightmare minis and things like that. No, 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 no. She is the greatest thing to ever grace this earth. And speaking of the holiday horses, she has been to some birthday parties and hopefully will be in some parades this year. Oh, yay. Good. You fit right into the conversation later. That's yeah. Perfect. Yeah. She's got like 13 costumes. She's ready. <laughs> I think we all agree that minis are probably the best representatives out there because little kids aren't scared of them, right? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> They're great representatives. We'll get into that later. All right. Let's get to our first topic. And Madison, you're leading the way here today on this one. So tell us what you want to talk about. So I wanted to start a discussion about humane euthanasia. Um there's a saying that I'm sure most of us have heard is that it's better to put them down a week too early than a day too late. And um, so as owners, I think we need to be better about listening to our vets when they tell us that it's time. And if we can start to be better about this, then we can have the last memory of our animal be so much better and we can help our vets not have to see as much suffering. And I think that that's, really important because we have such a high suicide rate in vets and a big contributing factor to that is how many animals they have to see unnecessarily suffer. So um, I actually was recently talking to one of my vet friends who does small animal. Now Um, she got out of large animal because she said one of the hardest things was that horses, especially don't usually live at people's houses. So they are boarded at a barn or sometimes they're at a vet clinic during these hard times. And the, staff there has to see these horses just really struggling throughout the day. But when the owner comes by, the horse is so excited to see you because they really do have that bond. And so they give it their all to show that they're happy and they want you to see the best side of them. And so you say, Oh no, y'all are crazy. He definitely wants to live. I see the will in his eyes, but then you leave again and the staff has to watch the misery come back. So I think we really just need to be better about listening to people who do this every day and ultimately know more than us. Have you had an experience? Is there something recently that brought this to light? I haven't personally, but I used to manage um, horse barns. Now I work on a sheep farm, which 
doesn't exactly get easier um, with the predation, but I just have talked to a lot of people and seen a lot of horses and talked to a lot of vets and just, I really advocate to listen to our vets. And whenever people call me for advice, I say, well, you know, what did the vets say? It's, I know that it's your best friend and your partner in life and they live shorter times than we do. But at the end of the day, like you want the best memories of them. Elizabeth Scott, who wants to jump in here first? You can jump no, first, Scott. Absolutely. Let's go. Madison, that's a great question. And thanks for asking it. You know, it's, it's tough to talk about, but it's necessary. And, and it's great to get those opinions from other people in the industry to kind of help your decision. But, uh, you know, I, I guess the first thing is the responsibility to the horse. You know, whether right. I'm training a young horse or, or we're talking about this, whatever's best for the horse is what we're going to do. And, and that's my responsibility to take care of that animal from birth to death. And, and if, if you're having a second opinion, you can always get a second. Uh, if you're having a second thought, you can always get a second opinion. But whatever's best for the horse. And, and I'll, I'll give you an a example that happened to me somewhat recent, actually very recent. And, and we have a black stallion or we had a black stallion. And he grew up, he didn't grow up. We got him as a two-year-old he, and uh, he just passed at 22. Um, so I've had him here longer than my daughter. And he was the foundation of our program. And he would do anything for us. And, and he put food on our table, but he was also a partner. He was a great, great, great um, partner. And all of a sudden I started watching him and he was getting a little wobbly in the back. And I was like, man, that's not right. You know, this is a big, stout, beautiful quarter horse. I mean, this isn't, like him. And I checked him out, checked him. I started watching it. It started happening a little bit more frequent. And, and uh, I, I knew something was wrong. And, and, and I did call a couple of my vet friends and they came out and we looked at him and said, man, it's, uh, it, it's something neurological. And we knew something bad was going. And they were like, well, maybe six, eight months. And we were kind of going back and forth. And, and we knew it was, ha I knew it was happening faster because I'm always with the animals. And, and I knew it was getting worse. And whenever I knew it was getting worse, I put a plan in action. You know, it wasn't for my benefit or the vet's benefit, anybody's benefit except for that horse. And I wanted to catch him before it got where it was too late to catch him. And, and we did. And, you know, like you said, Madison, he, he'd have some good days and then, some, you know, he'd, he'd hide, he'd mask it, you know, and, and that's just yeah. what he and, and the day before, I mean, he was walking around. I looked so beautiful. This big black stallion looked gorgeous, but I knew. And the next day was our day to do it. And the vet was coming out and his assistant and the family saying goodbye. And it, it was this kind of deal. And I didn't call it off because I knew in my heart it was the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, thank goodness we did it. Um, uh, he, he did go. Um, he got a little wobbly and I just could I could touch him and he would just sit down. He laid down. And I remember so vividly, he was laying in the stall. His lap was in my lap. And, and it was so surreal. I looked to the stall next to me. It was one of his babies. And my daughter was over there. And it, it was so surreal. And I knew at that moment it was the right time. And by planning it and having a plan, um, it, it made it better for the horse, which made it better for me. It wasn't easy, but it was better for the horse. And, you know, you just have to get out of your mind because you can't make a good plan emotionally if you're, not, if you're emotional about the plan. You have to be out of that. Um, and, and that's what made me feel better about the call. Elizabeth. I, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, 
Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I was actually witnessed, you know, Scott was going through, at least virtually from California, as he was talking about it. I lost an Egyptian Arabian stallion almost four years ago. And that was the first time in my life I've really stepped back from horses uh, to a good degree. And I actually thank Scott for, for giving me a call. He was looking for somebody to help him and somebody to refer him to me and um, kind of got me back into thinking horse things in a way I wasn't. The horse I had had metastatic melanoma. It was something that showed up. And I think it's something when you're talking about vets or anything, you, it may not be something that you're expecting because with an old horse, this horse was 16. I had a lot of big plans for me. It started as a project horse that had a lot of issues and literally started speaking on, as I said, on request, I would ask the horse to speak and would get a verbal response. He would learned a lot of tricks, Liberty things, uh, and it was around Thanksgiving four years ago that I noticed some kind of a strange growth under his, around the side of his tail. And uh, that's weird. And then we had a fire and he was evacuated and he was down at Del Mar and they did a wonderful job with all the horses evacuated during the lilac fire. That's the one that took horses out at San Luis Ray Downs. And uh, I said, one of the roving vets, what does this look like? You know, first we thought it was a bug bite. This was so fast. And she, she said, Oh, that's melanoma. I'm sure if don't do anything unless it impacts, which was a major bad way of thinking still is with many vets. And uh, I think it was 10 days later, he impacted, hauled him, you know, go to the hospital. And they, a couple of days later brought him back. He was on soft food and they had x-rayed or ultrasounded and found out there were a couple of masses, but you know, we'll take them out the beginning of January, the second of January, no big deal should be fine in six weeks. And so the surgery went ahead and uh, it didn't turn out fine. And in fact, it I thought it was an infection at first. This thing just went crazy. And I think it's something, no matter how old your horse is or horses in terms of having a plan or having things, because all of a sudden they're going, Oh, I was always, you know, I never collected him, you know, always wanted at least one of his offspring and these things. And you're thinking at the last minute, I mean, this was less before the end of that month, all of a sudden, things went downhill really fast. And one day he impacted again. And actually the, the I would call one vet that couldn't get out there in time to put him down, called the vet that had done the surgery and they're going, well, we can try to, you know, put fluids in the guy. I, I thought, no, you know, I, I knew it wasn't right. This horse though, 15 minutes before the vet finally came to put him down, I asked him to speak. He did. He, he did his thing. He was still there mentally and emotionally, but man, the minute they did, it was like, boom. But it was, it was something I wasn't prepared for at all. And I think that you like people like anything, you know, just think, you know, I have a plan. If you're going in for surgery and you're the only person that owns a horse or something, you know, have a plan. What's going to happen to your animal if you're not there? So Elizabeth, we've always, I've, I've always said that the animal tells you when, that they do tell you. Now, whether we listen or not, it's a different story. I think dogs really do. I think, you know, we've had so many dogs that um, have just told us. I, we had a greyhound. I remember this. It was Valentine's Day, and that greyhound was getting older. And that it's almost tougher when they're older than when they're sick, because you can never quite sure. They just fade slowly, right? Um, but that greyhound came around the corner that Valentine's morning, looked at us in the kitchen, and I said to Jennifer, today's the day. It's time. She just told me it's time. I just believe they look at you and they tell you. They tell you they're ready. Now, we don't always listen. I think it's what Madison's talking about, right? We don't want to listen. We don't want to hear that. Um, so, you know, it's tough because you don't want to. You always think, but we think that we can get more time with them. It's a selfish thing as opposed to uh, quality time for them. Absolutely, Glenn. It is 100% emotional. And, and, and when they tell you, you know it's time. And if you have the plan, like Elizabeth was saying, 
that, that's a great point. If you're an individual owner and, and, and that's your horse, it's always good to have a plan. Uh, but it's just like people. You never know. You got to live every day and enjoy every single day and have a plan. The other thing I just say, though, is, too, you may have a plan with that particular horse. I had to throw out my plan for a lot of things that I thought about him. Something where I had you have to learn to listen to your animal. Um, And when you really connect with them, it doesn't matter if it's about dying or if it's about, you know, you're going to go to a show or you're going to do this kind of riding or that kind of riding or I'm going to do this with you. You know, if you're really connected to your animal, you'll get the message one way or the other. It doesn't have to be misbehavior. But if you're really connected, I think they'll tell you. Yeah, I think Madison I, would agree. Most people wait too long, not too early. Yeah, I unfortunately know a 35 year old horse right now who they are, you know, waiting for her to pass naturally, but she has kissing spine, one eye, string halt, and she just got kicked in the head and it broke her entire nose cavity. And they just keep the vet won't even suggest. Um, to put her down because they know that the owner is not going to go for it. They're going to spend every dime that they can because they have it to keep this horse who's not even that nice <laughs> um, alive because, you know, it's something that they loved and it's, it's just not fair to the vet to have to keep coming back and, and do these procedures on a horse that's just struggling in so many other ways. And on the other side of it, I had a pony that was 45 and was as healthy as could be and died of a stroke one day, just out of the clear blue. And it was, I always said that was the easiest thing ever because I didn't have to make a decision, right? Uh, pony was healthiest, actually drove that pony to the age 40. <laughs> and it was <laughs> sound and the pony was going and loved driving. Uh, but, you know, so that's the other side of the coin is we do have the occasional times when they make it easy for us. Absolutely. Uh, but I think that's the exception. I want to get back to what Elizabeth said. I was a financial planner for 15 years. And I believe, I found that 99% of people may have a will, but they don't have their animals in it. So they have a will. They have a will for their stuff, their house, their, their belongings, but they don't have the animals listed. And they have no plan for the animals. So I wanted to get back to that. It's something that I found that most people don't have. You should have, if you have a will currently, you can get an addendum put on. It's one page. And basically you just say, when my an- animals, you know, when I pass, the animals go here. And you may have already talked to somebody that's going to take the animals. That's the best situation, right? That's agreed to do that ahead of time. Don't leave it to your husband who doesn't know anything about your horse and doesn't really care. Um, So, you know, just have a plan. Uh, You know, we always count on our spouse doing that. But I think that's they're going through enough with you gone to then to have to deal with the horse. They're just going to sell the horse. Um, that's what I've seen happen so many times. So have a plan, have a place for that horse to go. If you want it to go a certain place, if you don't care if the horse is sold, then that's up to you. But I don't know, Scott, you're shaking your head. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, I, I know, uh, to the horse where they're going and the people that want them, because, uh, I've already seen that relationship. I think that's once again, the, the right thing for the horse and, and, and the people, if they don't want a certain horse, then we have a plan for that as well. But what you're saying, Glenn is, is back to Elizabeth is it's not fair for your spouse. Um, to have that emotional stress, uh, like like I was saying, you can't make a good rational decision when you're under emotional stress. You have to get out of your brain a little bit and make the right call for the animal. And having that well, plan is the right plan. And let's face yeah. it, Scott, most horse husbands, ha- the horse has been emotional stress for about 30 years of the entire length of the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely they are. If we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh man. <laughs> I'm a horse husband. I know about this stuff. Are you? Yeah. yeah. My poor wife is a horse wife. <laughs> she, yeah, I need to get her on the show sometime. I need to have her on the show sometime. <laughs> we'll find out what it's like the other way. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's going to be a two hour. <laughs> Madison, anything to finish with? Uh, I just wanted to let you know that people are in a long list of to take my horses when I die. Like they're actively waiting and ask me how healthy everybody is because my horses are so. Do they ask how healthy you are? That'd be, I'd be concerned about. (laughs) I mean, everybody knows (laughs) that I live on, you know, Red Bull and sugar. So (laughs) they already understand me. Well, thanks, guys, for that topic. I appreciate it. We're going to get to topic two in just a second. But first, I have to talk to you a little bit about one of our terrific sponsors, and that's Greenflower. And Greenflower Botanicals has been sponsoring us for a long time, and they sent a little message over for Thanksgiving and the holidays. And hopefully we can hear it. We want to wish you a very blessed and happy Thanksgiving. You know, it's only been a few years back that the Horse Radio Network invited me to come and share with HRN listeners about how to use CBD to improve your horse's health. Since then, your response has been amazing, and many of you sent in testimonials on how you've used Greenflower's equine CBD for everything from calming arena anxiety, managing pain, improving joint and mobility issues, and a whole variety of common horse health-related conditions. So if you've yet to try out Greenflower, we invite you to try and see our equine CBD formulation for yourself. We offer a 30-day risk-free money-back guarantee, and right now you can go to greenflowerbotanicals.com and use code HRN to get 25% off your entire order. That's greenflowerbotanicals.com. Use code HRN for 25% off your entire order. And again, may you and your family have a very blessed and happy Thanksgiving. Wow, they raised the amount off. It used to be 20%. I didn't even know they bumped it up to 25 By the way, anybody that sees one of our sponsors, if you're not sure whether there's a coupon code, we always use the coupon code HRN for every sponsor we have. So if you go someplace and you plug in HRN, if there's a coupon, it'll it'll work. So I would say if we have a sponsor and you go to buy from them, always try HRN. It can't hurt in the coupon code field. All right, let's get to our next topic and bring everybody back here. So our next topic was brought by Elizabeth, and it's not it's a little lighter than the last one. So go ahead, Elizabeth. Well, this topic is about putting horses in the public eye and taking them mainstream in some creative ways. Um, something that I've been passionate about for quite a few years. Uh, working with Scott, we've kind of focused a lot of his show on lifestyle aspect of the horse industry that can appeal to anybody, not just other horse people. And I think if you position things right, you not only can reach the horse people, but you can interest some new people that may not have even been thinking about horses. And the holidays are a perfect time in my mind to do some creative things and put horses out there. So uh, Madison, you have some experience with this. I do. I do. I bought Sweet Pea. She was already a registered therapy horse. So she was just golden from the get go. And I've taken her to a couple of 
birthday parties and I just try, um, I'm just try to make sure that everybody understands that she's still a horse and let's not run around and scream and try to jump on top of her, um, which sometimes four-year-olds and five-year-olds <laughs> think should work out well for them. But um, yeah, we just, I've gone to a couple of events with her. I've taken her in a library and I also try to think about like keeping her safe. So she has Cavallo boots that I got with the HRN discount. <laughs> and so that, you know, gives her the good grip for when we're going to go inside. I practice all of the things that she might come up to like stairs and stuff, um, loud noises, wheelchairs, things that she might encounter outside of the farm that wouldn't be a normal thing for her day to day. So she's a well-rounded lady. Do you do anything with this? Did you ask me? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I love the holidays. I'm glad Elizabeth put this question out there. You know, uh, I, you know, I think you treat the holidays and, and to get people interested in the horse world or just let them be around it. Um, you know, kind of like the when you have your front door open or your front gate to the pasture open and people, family and friends are coming over. Uh, we should do that to the horse community and people that want to be in the community and, and let them have that opportunity to pet a horse and be around it. And, and, you know, I use social media as much as possible. And Elizabeth is great at it. And and let people know I use it for the good, you know, show them what it's like and, and introduce people into that community. Elizabeth. Oh, where do we begin? Uh, I think I mentioned Back in the 90s, I was doing a promotion in Santa Monica, California. It was on Main Street, which is quite trendy now. It was, it was just being redeveloped at that point in time. And I called this Main Street Magic. It had a horse theme that ran through it. I got riding lessons donated. So the main thing was this was mainstream public coming to it. We had singers and all kinds of different performers and things happening. The final day was when the horse lessons, riding lessons were going to be given away. Pepperdine University had a special program for the public at the time. So I had arranged for a horse to be coming from the LA Equestrian Center. And I, the idea was that the horse was going to be coming onto the Central Plaza area. And then we were going to give away the riding lessons. Well, the horse never came. And, you know, gave away the lessons that all worked out well. We even had a best dressed, best dressed dog of the holidays contest before everybody was dressing up their dogs. Uh, and thing would look very successful. And all of a sudden, here comes the horse trailer going down the street. Somebody gone off with the truck. The horse was owned. It was happened to be an Arabian. And it was owned by a Hollywood set designer who actually built big wings for it. So this could be a Pegasus. The horse had glitter on, all kinds of things. I said, Oh, we can't put this back in the trailer. So I went down Main Street with this horse. People ran out of the restaurants. They were stopping cars <laughs> to take photos. It was like something out of, you know, one of the movies or something. And it's the impact, though, that it, being able to do something in the holidays. I worked with another client one time in Northern California that had a, a deck the stalls. And these are ideas anybody can do at their barn, you know, in terms of deck the stalls, obviously safety, horse and human, and, you know, make sure your insurance is in the right place. If you're taking a horse or a mini or anything anywhere um, that you know what you're doing, uh, but deck the stalls, they had, of course there are fire safety, but they had these different lights and things and these different parts of this large equestrian center competed against one another at the TV station out there doing that. And it's just, I was recently, you know, when we talk about, you know, Time to Ride has been trying to acquaint new people with horses, the American Horse Council, and so many of the breed associations are doing 
their their thing to try to invite new people. But this is the holidays, no matter what what aspect of the holiday you celebrate, that gives you a chance to maybe you just you know, live stream what you're doing, you know, and take it to a senior center or kids in the hospital. Or maybe if you're covered with insurance and you've got the right little mini there, you can invite some people to get a picture with horses so they can send their Christmas card out. They may not have a horse, but to have a picture of a horse with them next to, you know, my gosh, look what Santa brought horse around for a kissing booth. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, Scott. You got a few. I know what oh, they do in Texas. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so tomorrow night there's a Christmas parade. There's going to be about thirty horses, all with the battery lights around their saddles. Uh, they have carriages with horses. <laughs> um, you know, and, and another thing we do is we always go to different people's ranches and and we ha- take our horses and we ride together. And and people that haven't been around horses, you know, we always invite them out. And uh, there's always a trip to the barn and and we pet horses and and. Uh, uh, we have some garland, like my wife, will hang over a horse and they'll take their pictures with the horse and just make it fun. You know, they're part of the family and we share them. You know, one of the biggest representatives of that is the Rose Bowl Parade, right? Because they <laughs> they always have the horse units. Now, less and less every year and <laughs> they might go away eventually, but they at least still have them. The, and this weekend in, um, what's the name of that town in Ohio who has the Ohio uh, Christmas Carriage Parade? Uh, and they, uh, is it Lebanon? I forget which town it is now, but they have a big carriage parade this weekend. Uh, and my Very wife cool. used, when I used to, um, when, when we used to live in Pennsylvania, when I first met my wife, she belonged to Pony Club there. And they used to go out. We lived in Carlisle, which was the Army uh, College was there. So all the officers that went to college would come to Carlisle. And they, the college, the army uh, base invited them to come out every year and do a Christmas ride through uh, through the base. So they did that every year, and people would come out and watch and stuff. So that was kind of fun. That was uh, that was a good time too. And look what I found for the people watching live. Look at that. Oh, there's the mini. (laughs) The cutest thing anyone has ever seen, if I do say so myself. <laughs> he is That's pretty awesome. cute. That's awesome. <laughs> this is Sweet yeah. Pea. That's yeah. Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea and Tough Man. Tough Man. Wonderful. It does not mean that he's not afraid of things. I was just going to say, is he tough? <laughs> <laughs> he's fast, but he's not that tough. Yesterday, he was afraid of a pine cone. Oh, they'll, they'll get you every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was in the field that he lives in every oh. day, all day. So At I'm sure he had fast. never seen that one. <laughs> Maybe it had yeah. a singing chipmunk in it or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I went up and kicked it. He didn't believe me. Oh, my. Yeah, but Sweepy is not afraid of anything. Awesome. So, so let's talk about what you guys do at the holidays. What do you do over Christmas, Scott? Do you hang yeah, around? We, do you go yeah, places? We do. We stay around Texas for sure. We go visit family and we usually take the trailer and ride other families' ranches. And, and uh, that's a lot of fun and eat a lot. And we're always So you ride on Christmas? You ride on the day? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, if family comes, it depends on what family member we're going to their ranch and we'll ride their horses or we'll sometimes take them in, haul them in. And, and I always like to ask this, Scott, who cooks in the house? Uh, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. man i'll tell you I, yeah she does uh, just and check she it because well. she does good at that yeah well you, because most of the time what we found on the shows is that if it's a horse woman uh, 
we cook. Like, I'm right. the cook. You know, right. the guys cook. So I wanted right. to see if it was the other way around with oh, you. Oh, man, this thing's all backwards over here. It somehow <laughs> works beautifully, but, you know. <laughs> Elizabeth, how about you? What do you do over the holidays? Oh, just depends. Anything horse-related that I can. Uh, certainly, I always try to ride on Christmas uh, if there is such an opportunity. I like doing the promotions. Seriously, I, I've even talked to, like, the local chamber here in San Inez about doing some things. I mean, they has actually there were a couple of minis that went down the street last night when they did a tree lighting and uh, someone, one of the local trainers and his wives had a get together at one of the stores up there. But I think opportunities like that really also connecting with your local tourism board and chambers. If you're a horse person, I like doing that. I mean, to me, this is, this is the made for go to the public season. We have in Ocala here, they do a horse parade, too, this time of year. When all the people come in for the season, they do a big horse parade right through town. So they'll have jumpers really? there and dressage riders and, and brainers and, you know, endurance riders. Everybody comes out, and there'll be, there'll be 100 horses there in the, in the parade. So that's kind of cool. Seriously, when yeah. is that? Yeah. That's uh, usually in January after all the people get here for the season. So uh, that's kind of neat. And now we have a very big representative for the horse world that's really encouraging people to come out, and that's the World Equestrian Center. So now that that thing's built, they're doing all kinds of things that are non-horsey. They're doing concerts, they're doing car shows, they're doing all kinds of things, but there's always a horse show going on at the same time. So you come out for the car show, you get to watch the horses. That's going to be a great thing to get locals out in our area, you know, like Lexington, Kentucky, they did half the people live in Lexington, Kentucky don't even know there's a horse park um, and don't care. Yet the other half would come out for something at the horse park. I think it's the same in here in Ocala. It's probably more people don't even know about horses. But the World Equestrian Center is is bringing those people out because they're bringing other things in. It's what I've always said. If you do a horse show, but you do non-horse show things that are fun, a concert to go with it or whatever, you'll get people to come out to your horse show. You just got to do those other things that brings them out and then they find the horse show, right? And then they be, become interested. We have to trick them, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you got to introduce um, them, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. But you have to find a reason other than the horse Absolutely. show to get them out. Absolutely. You know, and then they'll bump not, into it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then they go, oh, this is kind of fun, right? Oh, well, this is so, awesome, man. The people yeah. are good. The horses are cool. Let's <laughs> keep doing it. Rodeos have done a good job of that for years because yes, they, they usually combine it with a concert or something else, right? Absolutely, so, a carnival, yeah. a concert, yeah. And, and people are there for the carnival, and all of a sudden, they kind of fall in love with the rodeo part, and then they fall in love with the horses. Exactly, and actually, I think rodeos have been the best at that over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for, for including the non-horse people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some people here in Texas, they'll go to a concert and a rodeo will break out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's a good line, actually. That is a good line. I'm, I'm giving you the line of the night there, Scott. <laughs> he, he does come up with some really good ones. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta also say, though, you know, you know, I worked with Cavalian. That show brought more people from different disciplines, different breeds, and non horse people together. I, I mean, millions of people saw that show touring the world. Yeah, and it's something Beautiful. that you know, it. By combining all these visual arts as well as the horses and the entertainment and the music. And that was something that all kinds of people could relate to that would never go to a horse show, even if it had a rodeo. <laughs> or even if it was rodeo and a concert. I like that. <laughs> well, that was art. That was art, Cavalia, for sure. Yeah. And it introduced a lot of people to the industry. And then the uh, other side of that, it's complete opposite, but it introduces people to horses, and that's medieval times. Yes. Right. Yes, I mean, it's a hokey show, but, you know, 
non-horse people come out. You know, small steps, you know, great rewards. Get them in. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Madison, what do you do at the holidays? Well, uh, I wanted to say the first time I ever went to Cavalia was actually because I was training a horse for a lady who put that horse in her will to me. Oh, so circling back there, but oh, wow. um, Absolutely you did. yeah, thankfully the horse passed away. So I don't have to deal with that. Uh, <laughs> it's not exactly desirable. Um, no, but actually my family does all of our Christmas stuff on Christmas Eve for lunch. And my husband's family does everything at dinner. And so Christmas day, we do nothing very oh, wow. specifically. Nothing. I love that really idea. Fun. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Somebody That's, else feeds that. the horses. <laughs> and I just sit at home. So this clean. year we're doing something I've always wanted to do. Um, I've always wanted to go on a cruise over over Christmas week, the week between Christmas and New Year's. So we're doing a cruise this year between Christmas and New Year's. Never done it before. It it might be a mistake. I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> but I've always <laughs> wanted to do it. We like the idea because, you know, when you're on a cruise, you don't do your own dishes. You don't do your own cooking. You don't have to do anything. So I've just liking the idea of a whole week between Christmas and New Year's, just having somebody else do all the stuff. Oh, that's so, very- Where are you going? We're just doing, we're doing the, we're actually, our horse lovers cruises in February. So we decided to do the same ship. So we would kind of know ahead of time what it's going to be like. We have 50 people going on the horse lovers cruise, 50 listeners. So we're doing the same ship and we're, we're going to a couple stops in Mexico and the Caribbean. But we, half the time, we don't even get off the ship. But it's, it is the second largest cruise ship in the world. So there's a lot to do. And, we're excited to get a preview of it before we bring 50 people on it. So uh, there was two dual purpose. You know, it, it's all in the name of research that we're doing. It's this. all it's, research. You know, that's, that's a right. good host. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah, we we have to make sure we're doing the right by our <laughs> yeah, people. Do it right, man. That's right. <laughs> Scott, where can people find your show? Cowboyentrepreneur.com. And what's it about? Uh, Tell everybody a little bit about man, it. It's, it's a little bit inspirational, a little bit educational. And it's like Elizabeth said, it's really family oriented. We want to introduce people into the industry. We talk to uh, a lot of different people in different genres of the industry, which is so cool. You know, um, I'm a little bit more Western, but we're talking to everybody from uh, from the movie industry to horse trainers. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Photographers, photographers. Lynn Blazer was on there talking about how she's in hip waders in the middle of, uh, you know, the river during the Tevis instead of going up to the more famous spot. People that really are doing different things that either are horse people that have some kind of an interesting thing that they do. Like, like the lady with the wind underwear that started that she actually grew up riding horses, but she has this different, yeah, <laughs> different Absolutely. pursuit at this time. But a lot of times we look at the business aspect too. Um, just people that are making their living or their career in the horse industry. And, you know, I think it's, that's something that we always try to find, you know, people, you know, Scott likes to tell people, you know, you can find something out there. It's not just, you know, you don't just have to be a horse trainer or a veterinarian and be right. in the horse industry. And we've really tried to bring some of those people that are doing all these different things together. I have work with them on coming up with some of the shows and things. And yeah, we have a good time. We have a good time finding people. Yeah. It's well. so much fun. You know, we just laugh and, and enjoy the industry. And it's it's on Facebook, yeah. websites, YouTube, all the platforms. Uh, if I wear my cowboy hat, do I get an invite to come on your show? Absolutely. Actually, okay. I was just thinking, yeah, he would be yeah. good on it. Seriously. Absolutely. I mean, 
Yeah. Weren't you at one of the podcast conventions when you came out to California that time and you were a yes. speaker there, weren't you? And that's yes. a big deal when you really think, talk about taking horses to mainstream. I, I mean, I'm very serious with this. I mean, what you've done, Glenn, to be able to be somewhere like there with a horse podcast. And that was what, six years ago? Oh, it was probably longer than that in California. It was a long time. Uh, it was a yeah. while ago. Yeah. I've been the keynote speaker at PodFest, which is the largest podcast conference for independent podcasters for six years now. And I wear my cowboy hat all the way through that conference. <laughs> now, really? I, can't, I can't wear it in Texas because they all know I'm a faker. <laughs> but there, nobody knows I'm a faker. Oh, because... no, just roll with it. Just keep going. <laughs> just accept it. <laughs> I got to tell you, Scott, you're going to be so disappointed and won't want me on your show because I've tried cowboy boots and they are the most god-awful, uncomfortable things I've ever worn. <laughs> oh, are you trying the wrong shopping? ones That's then? That's what we need to do. <laughs> When I come to Texas next, you're going to take me shopping for the Absolutely right cowboy boots. Absolutely, I will. Yeah, uh, yes, we will. All right, because I can't figure dirt, that out. Get some dirt on you, and then <laughs> you'll fit right in. Okay, good, yeah, good. Yeah. He's going to do a hat lesson, too, and tell you which hat to wear in which season. Absolutely. And also, <laughs> I have like 16 <laughs> hats. Now, I do have a lot of hats. Um, because I change them every day when I'm at the conferences. I wear different hats. Um, cool. So, cool. yeah. All right, Scott. Next time I'm out there, we're going to get a steak, and I want you to take me boot shopping. That, man, that's a good day right there. We should video that. That should be funny. Well, let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. We might even uh, uh, ride a horse or two. Oh, uh, I drive, Ooh. not ride. I'm not a rider. I'm a carriage oh, okay. driver. Good luck. You got a chuck wagon. I'm in. I'll drive man, that. No, I could eat the food off a chuck wagon. I always you know, wanted to cook on a chuck wagon. That's on my bucket. I'll tell you what. I have some friends that do that, and they go to competition. Oh, that, oh I'm coming so out for that. Cool. You get me invited to that. Oh, my goodness. They stay out there all weekend under the stars, and they cook. Oh, I would be, that would be heaven for me. Oh, man, those biscuits will mess you up. <laughs> 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 oh, they're good. <laughs> Elizabeth, where can people find you? I'm in California. They can yeah. find me at elizabethkmccall.com. Good. Uh, this is the longest goodbye we have ever done on the show, by the way. <laughs> How do we find Madison? I still don't know where we I know. I'm just going to her room. next. Oh, okay. Well, where are you, by the uh, way, Madison? <laughs> I am in Georgia, and I have a Instagram that if I ever actually do it correctly, it's going to be for sweet pea, but it's can't read my mind. Can't read my mind. And it's oh, you, you only pictures of sweet pea, pea so far. Yeah. You have to sweet pea will get I'm you a million hits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. Deserves it. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Thank you guys for being here. We really appreciate it. Good topics, good conversation as always. And we want to give a plug also out to, I think Elizabeth will join me in this, to American Horse Publications. It is a great organization. If you are a journalist or you're in any, really any form, like uh, we are, we're in podcasting, but there are members who have corporations who sell products. There's retailers. There's a little bit of everybody that are involved in American Horse Publications. It's been around for 50 years. They have a terrific conference. That's the last time I was in Texas here a couple months ago. Um, had the best steak I've ever had in my life, actually. Um, and they do a great job of bringing the industry together and uniting the horse world with all different facets. You know, our mission statement at Horse Radio Network since day one is uniting, uniting the horse world one show at a time. And they really do that through media. So it's a little bit of everybody. If you're involved in media in any way, you should consider joining American Horse Publications. Elizabeth, you back me up on that one? Absolutely. I have one last thing I want to say. Yeah. So we hope you're horsing around these holidays. <laughs> <laughs>
And we're going to end on that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. You can Bye. find the complete thing at StableScoop.com if you missed any part of the live. We'll be back again uh, in two weeks with our special holiday roundtable that we're going to do right before Christmas. Have a terrific holiday. We'll see everybody again on the 13th in the evening. You guys know Templeton Thompson. You've heard her music. We're going to have her live for two hours doing all different kinds of Christmas songs. We're going to give away $4,000 in prizes and just have a blast together. So join us then. Madison, you can win too. You have to join us, all right? Oh, it's on my calendar. Oh, good, good. You could use another saddle. Why not? I've been looking at those Wintex, picking out which one I want. You pick it out. You you sign up that night. You never know. You oh, never yeah. know. Bye, everybody. Too. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.